Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Darling dear. Hi, darling dear. How are you today, dear? You know, Rana, I'm just fine, Rana. How are you? Well, fine is better than not fine, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. So they say, word on the street is. Yeah, that's yeah. what people are saying. Is it better to be fine than to be bad? Did we discuss the last episode of Judge Judy on CBS? I don't think we did. I, so I don't it was know a couple how, months back. how that slipped uh, a gaze, please. A, <laughs> so she's moving her show to Amazon. Yes, she changed. Just she did one of those things where she needed the she needed the money. I was going to say so she, she needs changed. money more than anybody. <laughs> she must have a very expensive life. She probably does actually. Yeah. So she yeah. said she called it like she now she's calling it like the Judge Judy Chronicles instead of Judge Judy, right? Judy Justice. Yeah, Judy Justice. <laughs> But on her last day, she wore a... It should be just Judy. I love it. Yeah. And apparently the show is going to be exactly the same, except the payouts are going to be more, Mama. Yep, that's right. Um, <laughs> but she wore a hairpin on her last day. Of oh, a dear. Beat. I know. Honestly, Rhonda, this is what I want to tell you. It was supposed to be really, I guess, subversive. Like, I guess people know her as the queen bee. Or I never knew this, and I'm like a stan, but I never knew this. So she wore a bee hairpin in her hair. I, I cannot tell you how strange it looked. She looked like a little girl. How big was it? Well, I was going to say- Too big. Too big. The problem with Judy is obviously she has no hair and she gave up on wigs. She doesn't care about wigs anymore. <laughs> and so it's- And she's the, this tiny lady. It's the same problem I have with people putting bows on babies. <laughs> They put some I, I sort know of what you mean, feminine identifier on a baby until the baby's right. hair grows in. Yeah. And it's the same problem I have with Jody. I don't want to see her in a giant barrette. It made her People look like she was trying to be Shirley besides Temple. besides Judy? I think like hipsters maybe wear them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. How could you know. take her seriously? She is a woman of the law and that's wearing a giant bee. Barrette. I got to say this. A grown person wearing a barrette, look, it makes them, like if they're in their 30s or 40s, it makes them look like Baby Jane. She's not just grown. She's no, an she's elderly like, woman. She's she's in her, I think she's probably <laughs> almost 80, if not 80. Yeah. She loves to work though. She loves She probably it. gets up at 4.30 in the morning and works out. 
She always brings a friend with her when she tapes because they play cards to keep her mind sharp backstage. Oh, now I'm gonna yeah. now now I'm gonna end my own life. Yeah. Are you serious? She's got somebody playing mahjong with her backstage, or backstage, pinochle, yep. or exactly. whatever. Exactly to keep her yeah. to keep her sharp. Do you know what her game is by any chance? I don't. That's a good question, though. Gin rummy. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Also, someone told me she brings like a loaf of bread from the East Coast every time she makes a trip, which like for the staff, which like that's it. Oh, they love it. I stopped at this bakery and I picked them up a loaf of bread. They love yeah, it. They love they this love bread. They love it. They love this bread. So, Brian, that made me think have you ever had a Levain's cookie? Oh, yeah. Hubba McBubba. It's not on Gold Belly. No, you can order from Levain, though. Oh, you can? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I had told one in you New that. York. But I, I will do it. I will do it. They, uh, They're the I, best. they just seem like, well, it's a different kind of cookie. Mm. It's not your average, should we go get a cookie? Like Let's pick up a cookie. Do you like uh, them? Do I like them? It's a lot of cookie. Yeah, it's a big It's a big deal. And it's hard to not eat the whole thing because it's so delicious, but it's yeah. a lot of cookie. A bigger cookie doesn't mean you'll eat less of it. That's a con. No, I just had one like that. Yeah. One Levain's cookie is like maybe half a bowl of cookie dough if you were making to- yeah. Toll House cookies. No doubt about it. It's Everyone a Everyone should just go online and look at them and maybe order one for your next like big deal. Alert. And you'll say to yourself, you go to order them and you'll say, they only send you six? Uh-huh. Half dozen? Well, good luck getting rid of those six. Surrey world. And then go, Surrey. good luck getting rid of it. It might be one of the only things where you eat a pound of cookie and a pound of weight goes on your body at the same time. Yeah, it is. It's where the fast math action. is a one to one. It's fast action. You could it eat is. a pound of broccoli, not gain a pound. No, it doesn't matter. Pound of Levain's cookie, you're going to gain a pound. You feel that pound immediately. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, your, your clothes burst open. That's true. Hulk, incredible Hulk, no incredible question. Hulk, incredible Hulk, incredible now, Hulk. Now, we haven't done any reviews in a while, uh, any, any things. And the truth is, I've been feeling a little depressed because I haven't been getting any compliments. So I what wondered mean, if maybe Rana? we would do some some review. You know, you know, I live for compliments. You do. Who doesn't? I can't accept compliments, but I live for them, and it's the only thing that keeps me going. That's true, Ron. Except I have I no self confidence some- or self esteem, so I no, need me- external validation at all times. You know who else did? Judy Garland. Oh boy! Don't make me think about that performance. <laughs> Don't make me do it. She needed it too. I was shaken by that performance for a good six weeks after yeah, it I was, saw it. It was one for the record books. And I still don't know whether she deserved the award, but I, I, it, it, I ha- do. It, it haunted me. It was a haunting performance. It, it haunted was me. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, I want right. to hear some of these. Uh, I do. Live and in London at the Palladium. Compliments for our Negranas in there because oh my god, well, Rana, people, people have been sending in pictures with going, the Negrana. Oh my god, they're going crazy. Negrana they're going crazy, flying off the shelves. Negrana summer. Negrana.com. You can order yours today, and not to mention you can also order the coffee at askgranacoffee.com. Three dollars off each bag. Totally, when you and all the cute, cute things that come with the Negrana, the packaging. Uh, I don't people know if people understand how cute. There's little this prizes thing. that come with it. Exactly. It's like a cereal box for people with taste. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. cute. All right, Rana. Grateful in Greenpoint says, it's all I want to listen to. I've been a fan of Ronner's for years. So when I found out this pod, when I found this podcast, there was no question I would sign up. And of course, she did not disappoint. What I didn't hmm. realize at the time was 
how much I would come to truly value the show and the role it has played in my life or a difficult over a difficult 18 plus months. It's the most perfect balance between humor and heart. And these two episodes a week, proud carriage house member, excuse me, C-H-I-P. have added so much comfort during all the ups and downs. Rana, you are a legend and Brian, a total delight. I cannot thank you both enough. X-O. Lovely. Joan Jerry fan says hug in a podcast. <laughs> Joan Jerry fan. What Joan Jerry mean? fan. Who's, who's Joan jo- Jerry? Who's Joan Jerry? I don't know. Dante, do you mind checking if there's a jo- famous oh, Joan he Jerry? Does. He can't find Joan Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of Joan Jerry, but no. they're a Joan Jerry fan. No, but Dante can't find Joan Jerry. I mean, good luck. Yeah. Whenever I'm feeling down, this podcast never fails to cheer me up. It's like a warm hug. Tom and Jerry, he could find. That's true. Yeah. It's like, a, did you see the movie, Rana, that came out with Chloe I Moretz? didn't. No. Should I have? You'd <laughs> love it, Rana. It, it's right up. It was like written for you. I bet. Well, you know, I love people chasing each other around a room. It's so fun and wrecking the room while they're chasing each other. Oh, I love people ruining a hotel room and then just leaving. That's one of yes. my favorite things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love so a settling. picture askew. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. <laughs> All we need to do is uh, lock you up in a, a perfumery's apartment with Tom and Jerry playing. Yes. That's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. And serve it, me that pink Velveeta macaroni and cheese that they made uh, for, for uh, Valentine's Day. Well, whoever excuse me, it was. Ron. It was craft. craft. Yeah. Craft. It was craft. One oh, I my- looked. I looked up. I know this is several months later, but I did okay. look up the vomit ingredient that you mentioned for <laughs> in Hershey's. And it's called baryic acid, I believe. B a r y c i. Is that right? Have Do you, I have that right? I think you're right. Have Hold you on. tasted a Hershey since then? You know, Hershey's isn't my chocolate. Yeah, I know it's not not very good. Yeah. But the next time anyone tastes Hershey's chocolate, and probably we've heard this in the last few months, it you'll taste the vomit. Well, what it is, is the sourness. Yes. Sorry, it's called butric acid. Butric acid. Butyric, butyric, butric, B-U-T-Y-R-I-C. Butyric acid. Uh, And what it does is, it's funny, they say it's this, basically it's the same thing as milk going sour, but then they sort of stop it. Mm. Milk starts to go sour, then they stop it, and it gives it the tartness. Yeah. But it's funny because it, that is actually the flavor that I love in Cadbury. No, it's very different, Rana. Yeah. And it as is, you remember, Hershey was trying to run Cadbury out of out of America. Well, you know, those two flavors are very different. Oh, you don't have the only thing a Hershey chocolate bar is good for is a s'more. True. It is actually the perfect one for a s'more. Though I bet a I haven't ever had one, but a dairy milk s'more might be terrific. A, a Cadbury dairy milk s'more. You want to know what's funny? When I want to s'more, <laughs> I uh, I channel Britney Spears and I go, give, give me, me s'mores. give me s'mores, give me s'mores, give me, give me s'mores. Do you? Is that one of your Palm Springs tricks when you're on the weekend? Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing my stand-up with in Palm Mitch Silpa. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right, let's get back to this letter. Okay. Joan Jerry fan, whenever I'm feeling down, this podcast never feels to cheer me up. It's like a warm hug in podcast form. <laughs> Joan Jerry fan. Jerry, J-E-R-I, which I love. Jerry Ryan. Yes. Yeah. One of- uh, The only fan of Joan Rivers and Jerry Ryan that ever lived. That's the only overlap. I'm here for it. Yeah. 
One of my fave hourets, hosted by two lovely, funny people. Thank you. Tapanapa says, dream come true. This podcast has everything. It goes from laugh out loud funny to serious and heartfelt and back again. This show is a blast. Listen to two very wise people with amazing senses of humor, mm. different life experience, and great love for each other. Give great care and some much-deserved ribbing to the listeners who send in their pleas for advice. I think I have pretty good judgment and give pretty good advice. Excuse me. I'm Arana. There is that satisfaction from reading or listening to advice you agree with so thoroughly and thinking, yes, exactly, just what I was thinking. But Arana's intelligence and insight blows right past that nearly every single time. I am left wow. I am also deeply appreciative of Brian's perspective. The over-the-top nuclear options are a riot. Don't ever change, Brian. But when he downshifts into serious, thoughtful advice, he brings a perspective that is unique and important. Most of all, Brian is a great interrogator. His questions can often stand alone as feedback to the callers and writers as food for thought. It's true. I don't even know what that means. When do I ask questions? I think when when we're reading the question and you sort of say, well, I'm curious, if they did such and such, then did they do that? Or I does see. this mean they do that? And Got you it. think, oh, yeah, I do wonder about I that. I love that I'm a great interrogator. That'd yeah. be fun to go into, a, you know, uh, if the police need, if if the detectives need a, a interrogator, honey. I would not be a patient interrogator. I can say, I can tell you that. No, me neither. I wouldn't be. That part of it is that you, it's stamina. You'd need to be able to sit there and go back. Yes. You'd have to, you have to keep going back. You know, you have to have the real patience to be a good interrogator Mm -hmm. and fake empathy. Yeah. You know what? I I feel like I would be good at like making friends with the person in like a, in like a good cop kind of way. Give, you'd be the one that brought them the cup of, the cup of cocoa and the bag of Fritos when they're waiting. Exactly. And I would just be like, look. Just tell us so that like we can all move past it. Well, everybody so, wants to go home. It, oh, whoops, except you. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I would say like- Because you're never going home again. Yeah, and I would say like, you will feel so much better if you just admit it. I think I, that would be the hardest part about being arrested for a, you know, a major crime. What? Is that when they arrest you and they take you from your home, that's the last time you go home. That's it. You could didn't be, get to pack a Could bag. be months, years, anything. Yeah, that is And so you just scary. never go home again. You never sleep oh. in your own bed. Isn't that awful? Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. But killing someone's pretty bad too. It's not, well, yeah. I mean, I would it's say that's, great. I would actually say that's worse. Yeah. And best of all. But neither are good feelings. Well, no. No. I mean, well, that's not true. For oh, some could people, be a great killing feeling. someone probably could is a good a great feeling. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a serial killer, I think that is the best feeling. It's the only feeling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And best of all, they create an active loop with Rana who will take this new info, great question, they're quoting you, and shoot straight to the heart of the thing. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll love Ask Rana with Rana and Brian. Seriously, go listen today. I couldn't love a duo more. How nice is that? That's a very nice review. Thanks, Tapanapa. Yeah, we've lately been telling people that they just have to go in and write kiss, kiss, XX, love it, or whatever. Yeah. But what a thoughtful, lovely review. They're exceeding our acceptations. Our, ex- our exceptions. They are. They are. So Dante actually did a bit of sleuthing that I think might be <gasps> did correct. Did he really? I missed it. He thinks that they're a Joan and Jerrica fan. Oh, Julia yes. Davis and Vicky Pepperdine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or the- Pe- 
People they do love, the podcast. Yes, people love Joan and Jerrica. I have not listened to Joan and Jerrica yet, but I am a Julia Davis fan from way back. So yes. not, that does not surprise me. Well, then wonderful. Yeah. I think that's what it must be. We've got a little Venn in our diagram with Joan and Jerrica. I don't mind that one bit. Sure. Why not? You know who was so beautiful, Rana? Who? Jerry Hall. Wasn't she pretty? In her day, you mean? She's still very attractive. Yeah. She is. I always just have such an affinity for the Texas beauties. I was going to say that that is, she's a real Texas beauty queen. Everyone in Texas, she's still like an A plus lister there, as as was Farrah. Does Fossil. she ever go back? I don't know, but people are still so proud of it. That so oh, you know Jerry, Jerry Hall's from Texas. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. And no, I don't think anyone under twenty or thirty knows even who she is. There's always been a Jerry Hall. Uh, sorry, a Texas. A London, Texas axis. It's very interesting. What do you, oh, you mean Mick Jagger, Jerry Hall, that sort of thing, or what? There's, there is a certain subset of the culture. So in the same way, if you think of um, Downton Abbey. Yeah. And how the mother was an American heiress, and so he had to marry the American heiress so that he could, I mean, Keep was it, their right. marriage true love? Sure, I suppose. Right, but, but it was also one but, of convenience. Yes, where she was like the daughter of an industrialist, and he had a very expensive life he needed to keep going. Yeah. So he legitimizes her and she pays the bills. Was Shirley MacLaine her mother in that series? I can't remember. For that one episode? Yes, I believe she was. Yeah. Robert. She, remember how that, that's how Elizabeth Robert, started? yeah. Or whatever, Elizabeth, I can't remember Perk, her last name. Elizabeth uh, Perkins? Maybe. No. no, the other one, McGovern. McGovern, yeah. Yeah. Robert. Why don't we talk? She, I, I loved how she said his name. Robert. The girls. Yeah. Uh, there, there is also a Texas version of that where the Texas oil people come to London and party their brains out and then they marry someone because they've got the money too. They've got the dough also. Sure. And they're looking for that legitimization. Look at that. Legitimacy. All these, all these, uh, all these, business, all these business deals. And yeah. now Jerry Hall's with Rupert Murdoch, isn't she? She, she was. She certainly is. They're married, yeah. Oh, God. We'll see. Then yeah. she's now she's gone down in my estimation. But up in her bank account, I suppose. I would imagine. Because yeah. Mick Jagger, I don't I can't believe we're talking about this so much, but I'll tell you. Mick Jagger, she really kind of got screwed over in their separation. She didn't oh, really you mean, walk away. Because they had with a fake anything. wedding, is that what you exactly? Mean? Like it wasn't, I think there wasn't something legal about it, but she was with him decades. Do we, how do got, we know what she got or she didn't get? She, I think she got like two or three million dollars. No, that's impossible. Oh no, Ron, I'm not kidding. Though Mick Jagger absolutely knows where every penny is going all the time. Do you know he that does he, the books, doesn't he, for that yes, whole band? He used to. I don't know if he still does, but he right. used to be the guy that would call up the arena in Minneapolis and say, "Okay, we're calling to. We want these dates and this thing." And he had his hands in absolutely every aspect of that business. He was basically their manager. I just want to say this. In, he has in about 12 children, yeah. In closing the Jerry Hall conversation. Sure, place. Two or three million dollars um, is a lot of money to me. Yeah, but to a person like Jerry Hall, it's nothing. I guess it isn't. If she got a house and two to three million dollars, you have to understand, she doesn't have a career anymore. Other right. than being Jerry Hall. Yeah. She has about five kids. I suppose he probably said, well, don't worry, I'm going to pay for the kids. But that's an expensive life. Someone's got to pay all those expenses. You know, she doesn't have an income. 
so to no, speak. True, true. So just that's it forever? Yeah. Sounds like something, but. Listen, right. we have a terrific guest today. It's not Jerry Hall. It's not, but. But she's terrific. She could be headed in that direction. I have no we idea. We never know. She's such an incredible comedian. So funny. She's so funny. She has a fabulous personality, and she has an incredible new podcast that we're going to hear about. I have to be honest with you, Ron. We'll, I know. We'll ask her. I don't I know. know why she would be doing it. Y- I, yeah, do. we'll- I know. Okay. I knew. I I'll knew you were going to. Yeah, you'll have to ask I'll how she got mixed up into that because- Because Naomi's just a really bad person, Ron. I know, but she's, people love Naomi as an entertainer, but they don't know what she's like behind the scenes. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I- <laughs> Megan Gailey. Megan Gailey. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something, you can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Brian. Rana, I love Megan Gailey. I know. I had her on just for you because A, I know you like her and you're a fan of her work. Of course I am. B, I know you also wanted to have... um, what do they call it? A smash session or a, a yeah? Sub- I wanted. Yeah. We were, I was going to smash Megan during. No, no you were going to have. He wanted to have a smash session about Naomi. I know. Oh, I just. Got what do talk. they call it when you talk about someone behind their back? I can't remember. There's a name for Pearl that. Jam. I don't no, know. No, not bitch sesh. That's not what I'm thinking. It could be another, a bitch sesh. There's a another word sesh for it. Or like a um, a slam sesh. I don't know what you call it. Sure, but. This fabulous, gorgeous, oh amazing product, pardon me, of the Midwestern states of the United. Yeah. Uh, Big also, Mike Pence fan. Big Mike Pence fan. <laughs> well, excuse me. She happens to have a personal connection. She has had interactions with Mike Pence before because I've discussed it with her. In Indiana or in D.C. or where? In we'll Indiana. In Indiana. Wow. She's going to tell us. Maybe she's going to tell us about it. Maybe she isn't. We'll find out. Uh and she's hosting the fabulous new podcast with Naomi at Paragon about all these Lifetime movies, by the way. I love a Lifetime movie. I mean, come on. Come on. Without further. I'm, I'm not saying a do anymore. I told you I'm going to try and cut that. Oh, right. I'm tired I of saying it. Only it makes me feel you, like I'm but... a child magi- magician when I say it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Jeffrey you the mean. Great or something like that right. makes me feel like, yeah. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, exactly. exactly. Children of all ages. Yeah. <laughs> Cats, dogs, hamsters, if you have them with you. Yes. Uh, Megan Gailey is Megan here. Megan Gailey. Ta da! <laughs> <laughs> and I think Closing you also the got, loop. I think Megan also got married since the last time I saw it, which has been probably over a year now. But Congratulations. Still. Thank yeah. you. I got married December of 2019. Are you still married? I'm still married. So you went through the whole <laughs> pandemic. Your first year as a newlywed our first, was- first, yeah. yeah. Our newlywed year was just in our home together. Just Listen. the two of us. And did it turn out you still liked each other? 
Yeah, I think he, I like him the same, if not more. I think he likes me less. <laughs> <laughs> that feels right. That's like, I I just have to be honest. My tricks, they're not working. You know, like yeah. I'm dancing sort of scandalous in front of him and he's like, can you move? You right. know, like he's, it's all, the charm is worn off. All it's, right. a, it's one of those things where like quirk, quirky is quirky until it's annoying. You know? Yeah, and I'm I don't have that many tricks, you know? Totally. I it's like Me neither. I can drop it down and he hears my knees be like eh, 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 eh. so it's like the sexiness <laughs> is has worn off. Well, and in <sighs> fairness to him, he married a woman who's on the road a lot. He thought he married a stand-up. Exactly. He didn't marry somebody he wanted around all the time. No, he <laughs> married a road hoe. Yeah. And totally. then he tried to make her into a sourdough housewife, and it's like you just have a now you just got a high hoe in your house, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Megan, does he ever watch the Lifetime movies with you? Or is, no, yeah, no. I he wondered. sometimes will hear, yes, or he'll be like, "What's this one about?" I'm like, "Oh, a man hypnotized his wife and tried to get her to commit a murder and then kill herself." And he's like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah. So I would love for him to. I would, yeah, because I, I feel like Lifetime movies are those kinds of things where like. It always seems that both people in the household, gay, straight, anything, only one of them is always into it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it always yeah. seems the other is not yet. No the one other ever one wants to watch them together. Together. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. But the other person in the in the house or in the whatever, your apartment, always has questions about it. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, they'll drive by with well, a question or two. Like, yeah, it's yes. like watching Real Housewives. Nobody, right. The other person never wants to watch with you, but they do sort of say... Right. Well, what happened between these women? Exa- oh, right. he, exactly. what's going and he, on? And you say it's a christening. What's your question? Yeah, he does that with Bravo <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, right. he'll be right. like, "Oh, this is the boat one," and I'm like, "This is the boat one," mm. and he's like, "Did they have an STD?" And I'm like, "No, chafing." <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. You still watching Below Deck? Are you watching Below yes, Deck? I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching Shaw's. I'm watching Family Karma. Shaw's like, of yes. Sunset. Are you really? I used to it's, love that show, but it's I haven't watched it. I know, it but it, I it's felt dark. I enjoyed it for the first couple of seasons, but it got too dark to me. It's right. really dark. When Reza and What's Her Name became not friends anymore. MJ. Yeah. MJ. And also there's just and between MJ and Gigi, they're just uh-huh. not they're not good people. And uh-huh. so it's hard to stay on board with and Gigi has a lot of mental illness that Gigi is a mother with. now. Yeah. She has a. Infant. She finally had that baby. She was trying to have a baby yes, for a while. She has. Yeah. She has an infant and a Rottweiler. Which for oh, Gigi, that's a great combination. Yes, you can't that have feels one without very the other. Gigi. That feels very <laughs> exactly. Gigi. Yeah. Yeah, and MJ was like, "Any rules?" She's like, "No, not really. Just let him pick up the baby by its neck if he wants to." <laughs> Do you know there's a guy who lives in my building back in LA whose full name is Michael Jackson? What? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> How old is he? I don't know. I've never seen him. I've only seen mail for him. Huh. Yeah. Well, do you think maybe? <laughs> maybe it's him? That? It might yeah. be. Might, maybe MJ had a burner apartment. Is that he a just, thing? Where he it? just yes, wanted a quiet, a, a safe house. He wanted a quiet, a safe <laughs> Correct. house. Yeah. Correct. I knew so, a Tom Brady. He had to change his, a Tom, very funny comedian, and he eventually changed his name. Yeah. What, what did he change it to? Do you remember? He took um like Thomas a he took Brady. like a dad he it changed the last name Got he it. took like his dad's um his dad was like not a part of it I can't believe it's, it's funny it's, it's never gonna come up on Google that way you know what I, I mean I was looking up Andrew Lincoln from uh, Abraham Lincoln Ronald. 
Andrew Lincoln from <laughs> from Walking Dead. Okay, I don't uh-huh. watch Walking Dead. By the way, mm-hmm. we we're going to talk about the fact that somebody drew some boobs on your wall. You, you know what? They're actually it's um, hooks to hang. And you know, oh. when we do record the <laughs> Lifetime podcast, I do have to cover them. A and E Networks legal team came back and said we really don't want the titties behind Megan's head. <laughs> no. That Fair is enough. Hysterical. This is an exclusive then. Or- they look yeah. like. Boobs, too. I wouldn't I, call I, them breasts. I'd call I, them boobs. I always for sure. forget that they're there. And it's like, this is where I, I take even see them. job <laughs> interviews. You know, people are like, oh, she got titties in Indiana. Wow. What a gal. <laughs> it's now a good time to get into Mike Pence really quickly before. Yes. We the, I just so. wanted to tell you that Andrew Lincoln's real name oh, yes. is Andrew Clutterbuck. Why on earth would you ever change that? He's, I know. And he changed it to Andrew Lincoln. So I don't know what happened, but he was born Andrew Clutterbuck. Because I wanted to see if he was a secret Jew. I thought he might be a secret Jew. I mean, it sounds not like he secret, was. but that I wanted to Google him and see, you know, mm-hmm. if there was something going on there. I would hire Clutterbucks if I thought that I had a hoarding problem. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, you want to have Clutterbucks come in and clean out your closet for Correct. sure. Now, Correct. do you think that is a Jewish name? To me, no. that no. no, that's a very English name, Clutterbuck. Clutterbuck? Yeah. Uh, yes. They've got all sorts of problems over there. They do have all those fun little hobbit names over there. True. Uh, Mike okay, Pence, I tell hear her, about tell it. Brian about Mike Pence. Okay, so I'm from Indianapolis. Yes. And our a, 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 a longtime friend of my family was governor pre Mike Pence. Got it. And so there were definitely like, I don't know. Someone asked me recently, How, are you into politics? I'm like, I mean, I went to like, yeah, I went to an election party when I was nine. Like, right. it, it, it's small there, you know. Like, if you have enough money, yeah. you can be in you it. Can so enter the you, thing, you right. know what? And so I would sometimes be at. I would go with my parents to dinners or something, and Mike Pence was there. My brother, with mother. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Okay. Um, my brother. Mother's had quite a makeover, you know. Since not uh, enough. I would say not enough. Oh <laughs> no, of course not. But she still looks better than she did. It, it, yes, it is. And yeah. It, she, yeah, yeah. They're very. She's very. Mother Columbus. isn't as old as you think she is. No, she's not yeah. at all. Yeah. And neither is he, actually. But yeah. my my brother and now ex sister in law sat next to him at a dinner and left halfway through because they were like so creeped out just by his energy. Mm-hmm. No, I, oh, I would. I would believe that. Yeah, he does have a terrible energy, mm. and no one in Indianapolis liked him. Like he was—that's what I've you know, heard. That like no one there even really liked him. No, once he did the you know the wedding cake law, and right. we uh, the what was of, the wedding cake law that you don't have to make a wedding cake for gay people? Or something? Exactly, mm, yeah. exactly. And then all that ended up doing These was goddamn co- cakes. It's always I know, the cake. Stupid. I know. All it ended up doing was costing Indianapolis money, and no one in Indianapolis gives a fuck about that. So it was like, yeah. oh, this is this is the it was financial headquarters. Yeah, yeah. So he ended up cost costing the most liberal part of the state. Nine billion dollars in lost conventions and things, and then he was going to be. They wanted him repeat. They wanted him out, like out. He was going to lose oh. his gubernatorial reelection, and then they were like, "We'll stick him with this loser," and then, you know, the rest is history. He was but also the-, the guy who, when Indiana was having like a, a sort of 
weird HIV outbreak. He's the cause he, of it. He, yes, he <laughs> took money away from yes. all of that and put it into conversion therapy yes. um, techniques. He also like, wrote an op-ed when the original Mulan came out. He wrote an op-ed <laughs> against what a, Mulan. What a great use of time. Yes. What a great use mm-hmm. of time. This is when he was a conservative radio host, which is uh, how every politician should start their career. How absolutely. can people be so ignorant? It is unbelievable. I mean, the time and energy that people will put into things. It is crazy that you think, what do you care? Yeah. Yeah, What are you getting involved for? Yeah. Who cares? Let these people figure it out. Yeah. I would love if if when the live action came out, he was like, now this one I like. This right, this good. one was actually really good. Yeah, well, this one, yeah, this one makes sense. Mulan's empowerment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what a like, I guess it was just the music I wasn't into. Who right. knew? Ugh. I didn't like that they dubbed Christina Aguilera's voice over Mulan's. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, hey, if I'm getting Xtina, I want Xtina. Xtina. Um, but no, Ugh. that's yeah, not the case. He probably is an Xtina fan, actually. Who is uh, that? Get dirty. Yeah, dirty. I can see him yeah. in like low the dirty rise. video. Yeah, double R T Y. That's my favorite. It's part about of the whole time thing. for my arrival. arrival. <laughs> yeah, I uh, wish Joni Mitchell would cover. That's that. what he was singing on June sixth uh, right. when they were coming for him. <laughs> Absolutely, want to get dirty, dirty. <laughs> in my news. Totally. <laughs> January sixth. That's yeah, what, what did I, what did I oh, say? What did you say, June 6th? I heard June. Oh, maybe what I said I June 6th. What, what do I know? It's, I just, we're past I that. Fan, okay. Our fans can be a little thick, so I just wanted to make sure they okay. knew what we were talking January about. January 6th, January 6th. Uh, now, listen, Megan. Yeah. This isn't what this podcast is about. It okay, isn't. we could sit here and clatch with you all day, but we're not going to do it. Okay. Because there are people that are desperate. Mm-hmm. And that is simply what it is. And we need to get to these questions so that we can give these people advice to the best of our abilities. I mean, that's all we can do. Yeah. And they'll either take it or they won't take it. But that's really where our responsibility ends. Yeah. I love Dead giving advice too. Men so tell no tales. <laughs> Dead men don't wear plaid. Correct. Dear Ronna Bryan, an esteemed guest. Megan. Mm. That's you. you. The situation. This situation involves a longtime friend and her husband. Mm. I met my friend. Uh, these questions are always the worst. Que- whenever there's a husband involved, I know. Who I'm isn't like already your husband? Like, <laughs> Even if it is your husband, whenever you see on a letter and my husband, her husband, anyone's husband, you think, oh yeah, yeah. Right. Here we go. I met my friend as my random dorm roommate, and we lived together for all four years of college and a few years after, like seven years total. Wow. We referred to ourselves as hetero life mates, which may have come from Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, but I digress. Shortly after we graduated from college, she started dating a guy and we all became friends. Her boyfriend got a job out of town and she moved to be with him and they got married. I was the maid of honor. It's been about 10 years since they married it and 15 years that they've been together. About a month ago, I got a call from the husband. He said that they were breaking up. They were tired and just done. He cut the conversation short and was apologizing for overstepping friendship bounds and said I should talk to the wife. I didn't know how to handle the situation, so I waited for the wife to say something to me, which she didn't for about a month. Meanwhile, I didn't know how to reach out to the husband. Even though he and I were friends, this didn't seem like the type of conversation I should have without her knowing. She will always be my main friend. So 
She texted me with the news and we texted back and forth for a little bit. A few days after her text, he called me again and we ended up talking longer. It's a sad situation because they still care for each other, but the marriage just isn't working. Anyway, during our conversation, he says to me that he wants to say something, but he knows he shouldn't. I don't know. And then he does. He said he's always liked me, and at one point he could have seen himself dating me, and he's always thought of me like that. I have never thought of him that way. He's just not my type. No moves were ever made, and I never had gotten any weird vibes. I didn't know what to do. I feel like that is an inappropriate thing to say, but I didn't know how to shut it down. He's going through some shit. Well, these people, please remember that I have to read these letters. You know Rana, this is 2021. This is real life. This is how we are talking in He's these He's going through some things, some stuff, some trouble, whatever it is. Okay. Get a thesaurus. And he's really torn up about it. At one point, he was sobbing on the phone. I wanted to support him as a friend uh, that I care about, but now I don't think that's a good idea. And I probably shouldn't get in the middle of their stuff, in quotes. So I guess Mm -hmm. we do have other words available to us. So what do I do now? Do I stop communicating with him? Mm -hmm. Do I bring it up to him that it's inappropriate? I don't think telling her is an option. Mm -hmm. Do I just pretend it never happened? Clarifications. Now, I've never seen this word before. I hate to say cis hat. Yeah, what does it mean? I know like what cis, cis is. Hetero. Oh, I mm, see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a wow. cis het female who's had a few long-term boyfriends but never married. I'm currently single and looking for my straight Brian to stay home with and watch Dateline. Dreamy. They are a cis het couple. Kiss, kiss. Okay, Megan, Oof. you were answering these questions as they were coming. What do you I think? I feel like this has happened to Megan before. Well, this is my dream. I oh, I say to my husband all the time, I'm like, do you think any of your friends love me? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> do you think any of them, like if you were to die, which one of your friends do you think would immediately be like, I will marry you? So right. this is like, as when this letter started, I was like, I know where this is going because it was a self-fulfilling prophecy of my own. <laughs> Uh, I think she just, so I would say kudos to her, girl, way to go. Right. But yeah, you have to say, the husband wanting to talk to her this much is the red flag. Like, even if he hadn't said this, him confiding in her, sobbing to her, being more open with her than the wife is, it's like, obviously, there is something going on there. I think she just has to set a clear boundary now. She doesn't even have to reference what he said and go, you know what, I care for you. Your wife is my original friend who I have this long-term relationship with. And right now I need to be of support and service to her. And so I think it's best if you find someone else in your circle that can be the shoulder for you to lean on. I think I'll double down on that. I I think that's terrific advice. Totally. I would actually write everything she said, memorize it and go because that was (laughs) no Megan. That was truly amazing. I mean, that was spot on. And it was clean and it was quick, clean and quick. And I would all, I would, no one could argue with it. No. And I would also maybe add like, I don't know if it's worth saying I'm not to to him. I'm not going to mention anything to her. I I hope we can just sort of pretend this didn't happen. I think you're very emotional right now. And so let's do that. I don't reciprocate any of these feelings. And so I think you just need to move on. Mm-hmm. You could add that. Although I think mm-hmm. what you said truly is 
the quote. Because I think he's talking to her to try and build an emotional connection. Yes. Like, I assume this man has other people. He wants to be intimate with her. Exactly. Right. And yeah. so he's, he's like creating this bridge. And if she doesn't want that, then she's got to. I do find it interesting that she's like, I am single. <laughs> like, right. You know, I am looking for love. So, and, and maybe that's just, she may also be the wife's only single friend that he is friends with. And it's just like, well, she, you know, men are, they don't want to go. It's like, you know, when a dog, right. their bowl is empty, they're like, okay, I'll eat right next to it. And it's like, no, literally go out of the house, dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. They want to just move into a relationship where really, frankly, like her, where it's like, no, but I already sit on the couch. Can I just keep doing it? I don't want to have to, like, go out there and, like, woo anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, can this just be the, the life? In fairness to him, he may have always had feelings. They These people yeah. met when they were very young. Mm-hmm. They've, been to, they've been together 15 years, this couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do always think it's so strange and sort of fascinating when couples break up, when the people that people have in the back of their minds start to move to the front of their minds. Yeah. Because you're in two totally different places. So you're still living your life and then the friend, something happened in their life. So they've had this paradigm shift and now they're open to whatever sort of volcanic activity is going to erupt from inside of their inner core. They're bursting through their mantle, if you will. And you're just going about your day. Mm -hmm. And so you're just not having that same moment. And it is there is something sl- both flattering, but mm-hmm. slightly terrifying mm-hmm. about when a person becomes destabilized. And it doesn't mean destabilized. I don't mean destabilized in some grand, terrible way that needs to be rectified. <laughs> but that ju- this is just the moment they're having in their life. And you think then you start painting everything with that brush for the last fifteen years, where you think, oh, did he think this? Did he think yeah. that? And the truth is. They really didn't think those things as it was happening. It was just that you were sort of in the back of their mind as someone that they probably knew was a forbidden fruit of some kind, where you think, I've got great chemistry with this person. I'm going to stop thinking about that now. What I wouldn't do is I wouldn't- He's not a creep, really, but he's 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 a destabilized person. Mm -hmm. Yes, and actually for that reason, for the fact that I agree that he doesn't seem like he's a creep, but- destabilized, as you said, I wouldn't wear guilt over this information. I wouldn't Mm-mm. feel compelled to have to clean the slate with your friend and be, because I do think that probably there's no doubt about it, that even if there is a kernel of truth to this and that he does like her and maybe has always sort of kept his eye out for her, there's no doubt that all of this is shaded with gigantic emotion when there is a seismic shift yes. in your life. Yes. So I wouldn't, I would shrug that off as much as you can. And mm-hmm. even if your friend advice. found out about this, it's sort of just like, look, I, I don't even think he meant it. I mean, yeah. I don't know what was going on with him. I like, think there's you nothing... do everyone a favor in this situation yeah. by pretending that – as though someone said this to you when they were drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because it kind of is that. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and you sort of – and some people would say, well, I tell the truth when I'm drunk. And some people would say, I say the things I probably shouldn't say when I'm drunk. To get what I want mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and there exactly. are reasons – or because I'm – emotional is sensitive or I feel more open or whatever it is. But really in my daily operating life, I really wish I hadn't said it. And you do everybody a favor when you just sort of act like, yeah, yeah, he said it, but I don't think he really meant it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. other thing you could do. And he said I don't a know lot that, of things. 
The I'm other sure. thing you could do, and I don't know that yeah. this would be the right move, is you go like get a drink with her. Like you go like you do like mimosas at night or something like funny like that. And you go to <laughs> a bar. Breakfast for dinner. <clears throat> Breakfast for dinner. Go to a diner. <laughs> and you say, oh, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. And you leave your keys on the table and on your key ring is his wedding ring. Oh my God. And then if that's just, if you want to, if you just kind of want to break up the friendship anyway. And then when she comes back, you can be like, what is that? And you can be like, oh, nothing. That's so weird. It must've been dropped. And she'll be like, but it's literally on your keychain." And you can be like, I've got his heart in my hand. You know what I mean? I wonder if our, the, person who wrote in is feeling like the friend because it almost seems like like the they friend, know on the friend level. didn't tell me and like is being I, I maybe I'm reading too much into it it seems like they're insinuating maybe the friend is being cagey and that yes maybe the friend is not being fully upfront because they know some shred of something right. so I think you probably have to let that go too I do totally. think it's a little odd though that she waited a month to text a friend and say uh, even if she just texted her and said, uh, whatever, Jerry reached out and I heard what's going Jerry. on. Jerry. I don't know his name. So I gave him Jerry. I'm hoping he's not, I get, I'm hoping he's not really Jerry, but no, I guess it's because of Jer- Joan and Jerrica that I got Oh, Jerry. we were talking about earlier. Yes. Uh, Jerry reached out and said, you're not, you know, you guys are splitting up. I'm so sorry to hear it. I'm here if you need anything, you know, but whatever. Oof. Anyway, I think the original advice was great advice. Me too. Keep it very casual and top level and let everybody know right where your boundary is. Yep. And take the compliment as a win and yes. move on. Give yourself a pat on the back for sure. Yeah. For being, for being yeah, so. And tell your friends that don't know her. Be like, listen, my friend's husband is into me. Right. There's yeah. nothing wrong with being the object of someone's affection, even if it's not reciprocated. It's yeah. like still so nice. It's so flattering. Oh my yes. God. In this day and age, give this, let this have a little pump in your step. You feel know? Great, feel great about the fact that <laughs> there's someone out there who's completely not your type, whose type you are. Yeah. No better feeling. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. This is question number two. Dear Ronner, Brian, and special guest, Megan, <gasps> I am writing you hoping you could give me a little insight on how not to be a complete mess. You've definitely come to the wrong person here. <laughs> that I can tell you for sure. I've always been a mess. I was a messy eater as a kid, had a messy room, and have always... Well, I'm not messy like that. A literal mess. This person is yeah, literal. Okay, messes. no, I'm not a yeah. literal mess. Yeah. I've always been a mess. I was a messy eater as a kid, had a messy room, and have always had an overall messy aesthetic. Good luck finding me in an outfit that's not stained. I have a haunting memory of a boss turning to me. <laughs> I have a haunting memory of a boss turning to me while I was clumsy, dropping a handful of tools and muttering, Julian, you are just, you're just a mess. Oof. You might think then perhaps a person who carries themselves in such a matter might have a relaxed and not taking life so seriously attitude. Unfortunately, it's the opposite. I'm actually pretty high strung and the mess of a life around me only contributes to being further overwhelmed. The problem has gotten really out of hand since I moved into a studio apartment after needing my own space during COVID. Having only a single room to contain everything has resulted in me having everything. Nowhere- oh what is God. everything? There's also a storage unit, possibly. Yeah, all I can see is spaghettios, <clears throat> bowls of spaghettios that have been left. Me, for days. Bananas in the bananas in the trash can on straw or something. Oh, I can man. see that too, like dumpster. Having only a single room to contain everything has resulted in me having nowhere to hide the boarding on hoarder level of mess around me. Hmm. I found in the past living with roommates has led me to be able to contain my mess to only one room. 
I really love living alone, but can't seem to keep on top of my mess. I'm working a very physically demanding job landscaping, which leaves me drained most days and not in the right state to take on the mess. Lately, I've been considering moving back in with roommates, even though I'm in my early 30s and hope to have closed that chapter in my in my life. Or perhaps moving to a much oh, less God, desirable- do everyone a favor and don't move in with them. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> right, no kidding. <laughs> Or perhaps moving to a much less desirable uh, neighborhood, so they're Canadian or British or something yeah. like that, where I can afford a bigger place could help. Any words of wisdom would be much appreciated. Lots of no. love, Julie. No, I, I think more space is not the answer. I totally agree. No. I think if you if you are able to swing it, I think a cleaning person yes. is, is probably yeah. a great start for that. I think that Obviously, with as it was with most of the hoarding thing, there's a deeper something right. happening. And I believe you're high strung because hoarding can be very OCD. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a sloppy, I don't care mess. It can sort of mean like you're too afraid to clean your place up. I will tell mm-hmm. you this whether yeah. you seek help for this, whether you hire someone, your life will vastly improve when you go to sleep and wake up in a place that is clean and that you like. It is, Oprah says this all the time, clean house and God loves or something like that. Clean house, love God. It's something, and and psychiatrists, it's something, (laughs) I guys, I don't don't know know what those things (laughs) But something, and also like psychologists always say, it's an cleanliness is antidepressant. That's the the old puritanical saying, right? Correct, correct. But it's an instant antidepressant because there's a clear, it's like doing the dishes. There's a clear before and after. You did something good. And you mm-hmm. saw the benefit of it immediately. Okay. So it just, I don't know how you get there, but when Here's you get there, it will be so it. worth it. The first thing you do is, I don't know what your disposable income is like. I don't know anything about that. You'll have to figure that out. If it means you have to save a little bit every week or the money that was going to go towards the down payment of, on the new apartment because moving is expensive. However, you need to rationalize this expense for yourself and also get access to a little bit of funding. You need to hire an organizer yes. to come to your home and you need clutter to be committed. Bucks. Mm-hmm. You need to hire Clutterbox. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You need Clutterbox. <laughs> you need Clutterbox. You need, you do need Clutterbox. Andrew Lincoln to come in to your house. Yep. And you need Clutterbucks and you need to spend two days with Clutterbucks. You need to Mm -hmm. pick a weekend. You need to look forward to the weekend. Don't stress yourself out about, I need to clean before they come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that'll lead to you canceling them. And this is really what they do. And they do this all the time. And so whatever shame you have attached to letting someone into your space, let that go immediately. This is... These people have chosen this as their vocation. The a lot of professional organizers see mm-hmm. this as their calling. Yes. Right. And also their OCD matches up with your OCD. Mm-hmm. Totally. Their OCD is cleaning things. Your OCD is a fear around things. And you need to, this is going to be the best gift you ever gave yourself. And you need to just throw out mm-hmm. almost everything. And if you can't live with throwing things out, then you need to get a storage unit. But what you don't need is a bigger, you don't need to live in your storage unit, okay? No, a great point. Which is what you're saying when you say, should I move to a warehouse on the edge of town because I I need more space to create more mess? No, 
You need a system. You need somebody that comes in and very pol- and these people are always lovely and say they're what if so we, yeah they're like empaths. Got rid of this and labeled yes. these things so that you know where they go. Yeah. What if th- what if this was the dish cabinet? Because mm-hmm. it sounds to me like right now you don't even have a dish cabinet. You have dishes and then a cabinet. But mm-hmm. and right now is the time to do this? it because you are in a studio apartment, right? Do you know what I mean? This is the time to really rein it in because you don't have a ton of space to let this really explode all over. Yeah, I I think part of what's going on with this person, and look, not everybody has to be neat and buttoned up and together, and that's fine. But it's bothering you, right? And there are people who uh, who live in distraction. They, their mind is on something else and the other things are not important to them. And that's okay. But what you're saying is that your behavior is sort of verging on antisocial. You're showing up places with a stain on your shirt. Mm-hmm. Not great. It just isn't. You know, there's a reason Steve Jobs wore a black shirt every day. So he didn't have to think about it. And I was so say, he it's showed not up like you have to get nice, fancy clothes. You no. could wear very casual whatever. You need your clothes to be clean yeah. and you need your house to be clean. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, if you, I think a cleaning lady is a fantastic, once we get this organizing done, even if you have a cleaning lady once every two weeks or once a month or what it is, whatever it is, there's a place everything goes and everything goes back to those places. You also have to take some maturity and responsibility for if my clothes are on the floor, I need to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's annoying, or, but you just got to do it. The, mm-hmm. Somebody once told me, I can't remember what it's called exactly, the rule of touch it once. Oh, it doesn't right. really you, work for me. But the mail comes in, you look at the mail, and you throw out what you don't need. and Immediately. You, Handle yeah. it mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Megan, what do you think? I do. I agree. The organizer, 100%. I do think, and again, with the disposable income, I do know that there's like affordable ways to do this online. And it seems like this is a pretty specific issue to go to a therapist of some sort and just go, where is this coming from? Um, my, My husband is a sneaker freak. I mean, it's a true addiction. He has so many of them and it's like, what is happening? And then I, you know, his father passed and they used to get sneakers together and it's like, okay, well, that's where it's coming from. Then you can address the the grief that maybe is unresolved. Right. When you identify what you need to handle, you handle it better. Yeah. Yeah. So I think an organizer in tandem with someone going, sorting through maybe the trauma that happened at some point, because this is affecting, you know, he said a boss was uh, noticed right. it. And it's like, I think if you get this stuff in order, it's going to open up your life to Completely. so yes. much more. And it's just going to change your mental well-being for the better that it is scary to have to go to the root of it. But I think you got to figure out why you're doing this too. Yeah. You and don't want this problem in 5, 10, 15, No. Years. Well, this you is a problem don't. that progresses. It's not a problem totally, that it only gets, gets better worse. on its That's own. That's right. That's right. But I do think the other thing you might learn, I agree completely about excavating where this is coming from, but the other thing you might learn is that 
you're just a person who that's the way your brain is organized. Mm -hmm. You can't see the things that are around you and that's your particular way of being. And it may not come, could come from some kind of trauma or, or, you know, break in your life, or it could just be that you have to accept this is how I'm organized. So what can I do Mm -hmm. externally Mm -hmm. so that I am not creating a barrier between me and other people? Mm-hmm. like the boss, like the stain on the clothes. You're aware of these things. You're not not aware of them. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step is that you've said, I want this change. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those things in concert, but you may just learn that you have to accept certain things about yourself and that you have to put other things into play in order to make your life a little bit more uh, accommodating to other people. Yeah. Otherwise you are going to live alone under a pile of stuff. Yeah. When we were, I used to have to do chores as a kid and I would, and my parents would like hound me and it's like, I still have to do those chores. It's very annoying, but it's like, maybe you you can listen to this podcast while you're cleaning, but you're Mm -hmm. only allowed to listen to this podcast if you're cleaning and, or, you know, make something where it's like. Yes, I, I if I'm listening to this, then this is the yeah. task I'm doing and it sucks, but I have to do it because that's what life. if you became a person that could have people over to your house, right? And then every single one of those small things you do, like literally picking your clothes up feels you great. just feel better after yeah. we're talking. That's five minutes later. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. just feel better that you've done something a for yourself. A real sense of accomplishment. You really, really yeah. do. And it's not even anything you're thinking about. It just sort of, you beam a little bit. Yeah. Dear, please, please keep us posted. Yeah. And yes. also like British landscaper, I'm into. Yeah. You know? Very so, like, sexy. I feel like you're a hunk Might be Canadian. Might oh, okay. be Canadian. All right. French Canadian. But sure. Canadian, thing, Canadian. But that's the other thing is, you know, it's interesting that you work in the dirt, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't bother you. But you know, even when you stop at a convenience store to pick up a Coca-Cola or whatever, you know people look at you and think, oh, that guy works outside. Right. Just meaning, you know, people notice how you comport yourself. And so, you know, we want you to move a little closer to society, not Not to mention you probably got it in there. I mean, <laughs> landscapers put together things that are organized. Yeah, they just don't totally. put a tree wherever. It's yes. like lined up in exactly. bushes and shrubs. Well, shrub, also like, your job is to, pr- and you're pruning Mm-hmm. And you're, I mean, it's funny. It's you're doing it for word. other people, but you're not yeah. doing it for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the bottom of that. Okay. Here is our third question. Hi, Ron O'Brien, and presumably super fun guest. Presum- you got presuming that right. Correct. Thank you. Yep. Love you guys. And I'll try and keep it sh- to keep it short. My husband and I met and dated 30 years ago. The greatest love the world has ever known, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Wow. And of course, broke up in college. He was and still is a genuine genuine genius. And he thought I was. And in school, we competed in term papers and grades. Well, I had an absurd amount of single fun. Oh, well, I had an absurd amount of single fun for 20 years, which may or may not have blown some brain cells. He married twice and had two children. We reconnected 10 years ago and have been truly happily married for five. He's always been a slightly cynical, feisty arguer and a bit of a know-it-all, but noticeably less so with age and time. However, he has become quite the mansplainer. 
I know how to reset the router, lay out the new rug, give the cat his eye drops, and think about politics, etc. I'm not a nag, so how do I gently but effectively ask my man to stop with the mansplaining? Kiss, kiss, of course. Uh, Sherry Bow One, aka the Vanderslice. Uh, Follow up email. Apologies, I forgot to thank you, and also mention he's a great guy. Honestly, the Vanderslice, <laughs> you absolutely lost me at the end of that letter. With I your guess signature. that's that's her. Maybe that's what she is on Instagram or something. Vanderslice. Maybe. I don't know what it means. I like Vanderslice better than Vanderpump. Oh yeah, yeah. Vanderslice sure. rules. Yes. Yeah. And slice is America's dogs. favorite soda. Is it? Isn't it? Are they still making sliced? I don't know. Yeah. No. Somebody uh, felt they had to push spread out of the market, I guess. I guess. Megan, what do you think here? How do you Boy, get your I, dude to stop mansplaining? Uh, I don't know if my, you have this problem. My instinct is to make him watch Promising Young Woman. Like, if there's a way for it just <laughs> it's so frustrating to have to be teaching. You know, yeah, and right. and especially I think if someone is inclined to mansplain, they're not going to take it in like non-defensively. Sure. And so that's very difficult. Um, I, I, I there's just been so much in the in the world, in the media that uh, has he not read anything in the last two years? <laughs> like we've been going through this and, and I know it like they can be dense and I'm sure she said something to him at some point like. Stop doing that. But it, I don't, I, I just feel annoyed that now the burden is again on her to teach him how to not do this very belittling thing. Cause it is, it's just, it's belittling, belittling and it's so rude. Yeah. It just is. It sucks. And, and I do think that, um, I don't know. Cause you're right. My only, my only suggestion was just to say that, like, when you do it, it hurts my feelings and it's rude. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You just have to write. But see, it's funny because going back to your point earlier with like, has he not read anything in the past year? I think a lot of people, especially actually when it comes to mansplaining, think, well, I'm not like that. Exactly. Do you know you, what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and, can like, uh, you read it in real time on Twitter sometimes. Yes. Like a man will respond and someone will be like, don't do that. And it's like, well, that's actually not what I was doing. I was doing. And you're like, oh my God, just by doing that, way. you're doing it. And- All the way. And and by, I think by just cate- categorically, a mansplainer is someone who might not be the most self-aware person in the world. Yeah. You know, um, but- I don't, maybe if you come from a place of like, first of all, do watch Promising Young Woman anyway. <laughs> and I think it'd be great. And and secondly, yeah, maybe if you just take it from a place of like, I know you don't mean to sort of hurt my feelings and demean yeah. me, but and, that's what's happening. But and is he a mansplainer or is he just a splainer? She says he's been a know-it-all their entire mm-hmm. lives together. Mm-hmm. But something's changed. Well, but is the thing that changed is that she tuned into the cultural moment and decided that he was mansplaining to her. And now she's taking it through another lens, which is, oh, he's been doing, and maybe, maybe it is what's been happening. Maybe he has been doing this for 30 years and now she's seeing it through in a a new light. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he's just an old curmudgeonly know-it-all. But- Whatever the case, I agree with both of you. It's bothering her. It's hurting her feelings. Mm-hmm. 
I just they would drive me crazy if someone was standing over me while I was putting together a router or laying out a rug. Especially I know as two failed marriages. I'd be like, don't you do you wonder what happened with those other two women? Has there been no self-reflection of why you're on your third marriage? But I also think there's nothing wrong with in that moment saying, get out of this closet unless you want me to murder you. You have Mm -hmm. two choice of sort of making a joke about do you think you're the only person in the world that ever gave a cat an eye drop? Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Or be in charge of the cat's eye drops. Those are your two choices. You're either doing this task by yourself or you're leaving me alone to do it. But you don't have to live in that hurt either. And I mean, I don't know what your dynamic is, whether there's room for that kind of fun or funniness or ribbing in your relationship. But I do think you sort of have to say to him with a laugh, do you really think you're the only person that ever laid out a rug and that there's one way to do it? Mm-hmm. So either help me to do it my way, and if I fail at it, you can redo it, or get out of here, mm-hmm. basically. And do you realize you do this all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love you in these 90,000 other ways, but if I have to hear you tell me how to do something one more time, honestly, I'm going to drive into a wall. Mm-hmm. And and maybe don't call it mansplaining because I have no. heard men be like, oh, you know, like it, that word is a trigger for them. I think what you're is is great. Put it in different terms. Make a joke. Don't label him. You know, like yeah, my husband is uh, is Filipino, a different race than me. If he said white fragility to me, I would be like the fuck. Even though I know I do it, but I'm like, come on, we're in our house, man. Don't try yeah. to cancel me in our house. <laughs> so it's like you know, maybe take these like very topical words out of it. So he doesn't feel so, I just like, I hate that I'm even saying so he doesn't feel attacked because I really don't care about his feelings, but it's, it's a means to the end. If you want him to stop doing this, you do. Well, no one should feel attacked if you're trying to solve a problem. I mean, if you just want to have a fight with him, then sure, make him feel attacked. But also it's, I want to say this. I think she feels like a bad person for even bringing this up because she mentioned several times in the email that he was a great guy and then re-emailed to say again that he was a great guy. So you're not a bad person for finding this fucking annoying. He's got a flaw. This is a flaw. Perfectly fine. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy overall. And it you're not a nag. And it doesn't mean you're a nag. Yes, a nag. I'm not a nag. Right. Great point. We should have we should have uh underscored that. Because it's not a nag. It's a great point also about the fact that he's had two other marriages before Mm -hmm. this. It's, you're not, I don't know whether he's making you feel like a nag or you're a woman who's sensitive about being a nag or you don't want to be a nag or wherever that comes from, whether it comes from him or comes from you or whatever. He's the nag. Right. (laughs) He's the nag. Come on. He's an egg. It's yeah. true. But it's very funny to me because when you talk about mansplaining, I think to myself, I am 100% a woman'splainer. There's no uh-huh. question. <laughs> yeah. There's no quit. But that, but traditionally, that's a female role, which is, oh, this guy doesn't know how to do this. I think I'll, the- let me tell him how to do it or I'll do it for him. But it's not about publicly, women don't publicly humiliate and take men down, uh, you know, on Twitter, on this, on that. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's not a, it's not a societal tradition. Mm-hmm. It's in the home where you say, you're just going to leave a spaghetti bowl in the sink or whatever, you know, try, how about trying a little soap? 
mm-hmm. to get that, you know, whatever the thing is. But I think this guy's a know-it-all and a know-it-all in every part of his life. And she thinks that's so charming and attractive when they're talking about astrophysics. (sighs) And she doesn't think it's charming when they're talking about him being, you know, doing cat eye drops. Oh, I forgot. He's a genius, too. I just, like, I'm imagining this. Somehow that's even worse. Of course, because I'm imagining this guy's female co-workers, and it's like, oh, my God. I bet they cannot stand him. This guy thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And I just want to say to the letter writer, he sounds lovely. He really does. I'm so glad you're in love. But that's just an unattractive, annoying quality. And so we get it. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel, have any guilt about wanting to improve the Mm -hmm. communication and the quality of your relationship. Just because you met 30 years ago and he was this way and blah, 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 doesn't mean that you have to have that same relationship you had 30 years ago. You're living with him now. Mm -hmm. These things are bothering you. Plus, I think the only way that things last for a very, very long time with a couple, I think the best way for them to last a long time is that you're constantly communicating and adjusting mm -hmm. and growing and changing. And it's just sort of being there for each other and being open to each other as those changes happen or something happens and it's enough. And then on both sides, also there's letting things go. Because I remembered, of course, with Bob, where I would say, do this this way, do this that way. My husband, Dr. Bob Blickman, he was a doctor. He was um, a uh, proctologist, Rana? Mm. No, Brian, Um, he wasn't. Okay. He was an ENT. He was an ENT. Optometrist? Oh, ENT. ENT. Yeah. Brian's playing a little game with no, us. No, right I really now, do yeah. remember. I had yeah. my tonsils taken out, so that's so you, oh, so you know that's what a real. His job is. Oh yeah, that yeah. was his main gig. He did, made a lot of money. He had like billboards about like quick tonsillectomy, drive through. No, tonsillectomy. that was no. He did not have a drive through tonsillectomy <laughs> billboard. Drive through adenoids. You. Could you get those? You, he, <laughs> he took out a lot of adenoids, but that was sort of trendy taking adenoids out at sure, that time. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure what the adenoid does. They, we don't need them actually. Yeah. The it's the pizza appendix villain. of the nose. You don't yeah, need that either. the Domino's either. pizza villain. The noid? <laughs> Avoid the, the noid? Avoid the adenoid, yeah. <laughs> but my point is there's also things where you have to also, there's just inside of all of this, look, there's been an over, we need to correct this path that we're on. But there also have to be things that you just let go mm-hmm. because you can't, be keeping score about everything. This is obviously there's a flare up here where he's driving you crazy. So you got to you got to address it and fix it. But there are going to be things that he does where you just think nine times out of ten I don't care if he says to <laughs> me uh, put the remote back or what. You know you're not perfect either. And he there are things that he needs done that make him feel relaxed, whatever it is. For me, I can't go to bed if there's a dish in the sink. Sure. And mm-hmm. anyone who thinks I'll do the dishes in the morning is not someone I want to live with. Oh, wow. So that may be how they want to be. Mm-hmm. But if they want to live with me, I need the dishes to go into the dishwasher. So either I have to put them in or they have to put them in. But that can take years. I mean, I think, it, you know, or you have to have a housekeeper or whatever it is. My point is just, you also have to leave a little room for that relationship stuff, which is people learning other people's 
habits and love languages and that sort of thing. So let's cool it down here a little bit and let's have a word and let us know what happens. But he's got to be able to learn. I mean, he's just, you know, that's the other thing. You're such a smart guy. Why are you so stupid about this? Mm. People love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Love it. True. <laughs> True. Well, Megan, we have reached And let us end. know when you when your divorce comes through. Yeah, no kidding. We want let to send you an file. extra gift for that, too. Right. Yeah. Let us know when you're both swinging from the chandelier, it crashes down, he puts his hand on your shoulder, and you shove it off. I love yeah. that our advice for the last two people was like, just get a housekeeper. Jesus. Yeah, no. Oh, that's our advice a lot of the time. I know. Yeah. If it's feasible. Pay someone. Just pay someone. Well, yeah. the answer is there are third parties that can make certain things easier yes. in relationships if you- if you're able to manage that, but yeah. sure. anyway. Yeah, Ralph Nader. Listen. <laughs> the green body. We've reached the end of our show. <laughs> and it, now what we do is we take a little look back at the three people who wrote in and see who th- we think might deserve just a little extra something, a little gift that we'll send them to maybe make them feel better or just because we think they deserve it. No real criteria, just an mm. instinct on who we think should do it. So I'll do a quick uh, recap here. So first we have, uh, my husband's a mansplainer or we have how to stop being a mess literally, or we have, uh, the friends inappropriate ex. Yeah. Um, I, and these are the people writing in. So not actually the friends inappropriate ex, but the right. friend. Yeah. I, I don't think we should I'd send- like to send him something. <laughs> That's I not do, the rules, Ronna. Yeah. I do think he's having a hard time. <laughs> you're true, true. I don't I mean, think he we just sh- confessed to his wife's yeah, best friend right. roommate from college that he's in love with her. Probably should have kept that to himself. Maybe he needs a gift. I don't yeah. think we should send stuff to the person that has a mess problem. You know, I don't know if sending right. them that more. Might, that is, might confuse it. Right. Yeah. Um, I I also think I yeah, my instinct is the the woman whose fr- the husband's friend, she's now keeping a secret mm. and she's had to do some kind of heavy lifting. I think she is worthy of of a gift to keep her silence. We yep. are buying her silence. That's right. <laughs> what do you think, Brian? I'm good with that. I think uh yeah, I sort of agree with the with the mess thing. I, I just don't know if that person needs like another thing. Uh, I know, but that's the person I feel for the most out of these three Mm. letters. I have, yeah. I mean, it is a sad situation, but I don't know what we would get them that would that would not be. I mean, just another thing. Go on the ground. Though I want them to also understand that they, yeah, like a a shock robot vacuum, a Roomba, Uh, Roomba, a Roomba. Roomba, That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I want them to know they don't have to throw out everything they own, but there are decisions that are going to have to be made. And actually, when the things go, the things that you keep will move to the forefront and have more importance. Also, you probably have stuff. I don't know what it's like in Canada or England, but if you have offer up, you could sell a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You would be surprised how much stuff people buy. What's so, offer up? Like an online garage sale? It's like a sale? Facebook marketplace thing, yeah. but it's like all vetted and everything. And people, I just know, I've never used it, but I know people have used it who like love it and cannot believe how simple it is and cannot well, believe the stuff people buy. Like then a the organizer that you don't can, care about. Organizer can pay for itself. Yeah, mm, it's, exactly, exactly. How is it different than eBay though? Is it local or something? It's or it's lo- just so things it's that don't have to be, you can put a dash egg cooker on there. It's local. Mm-hmm. Like you can move stuff yeah. that within an hour. And you, you know. set your price? Yes, exactly. Fascinating. Well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay, so what are we going to send to this lady who's keeping a secret, Brian? I don't know. I usually, <laughs> I usually have a feeling about what I want to send to somebody. Well, a candle's always nice, mm-hmm. always sort of cleansing and purifying. I always like that idea. We could send her a. I mean, we could always send her a bottle of. Negrana, but I know, I, but I really don't think she deserves that much. I just don't think anything that much is going on with her, except that she has a little problem that she needed to know how to either say something or not say. Well, something. we could send her a dash egg cooker. Single people love those, including this one. Single people do love an, yeah. a dash egg cooker. I do kind of want her to give the gift to her female, the then the wife. Not transferable. That's I know. The, listen, we've I know. been down this road, Megan. Rana will absolutely not allow it to be transferred. <laughs> Though I would like it's her to- It's a hard no. I would like her to see her friend. Though, yes. Now that yes. things are open- Get her glasses. Up a bit Guys, or this has whatever. to end soon. I am truly an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Eyeglasses? Yeah. So she, she can see her, see her friend. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. I am, I need to walk the Okay. Plane. We're going to send her- We're going to find out if she drinks or she doesn't drink. <clears throat> and if she drinks, we're going to send her a bottle of the Negrana. Megan, we have a uh, very own- bottled Negroni cocktail that we wow. introduced for summer and it's gorgeous and delicious. Delicious. She can share it with her friend. You know, I think you they should Catch have up. a drink together and they, yeah. because there's some That's weirdness going idea. on here. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't think they should discuss the. She no. should not bring up the husband, no. but if the friend brings it up, you should absolutely shrug it off in yeah. the way that Megan and Brian suggested as Honestly, he's it seems like a total mess. Mm-hmm. And I, even, I took yeah. that as one of a thousand things that he said to me. I didn't take it as anything. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. no matter how your friend acts, like, oh, I don't care what he likes or he doesn't like, or I'm so glad to be broken up with him. She's always going to feel that sting. Of course. Nobody yeah. wants to hear that. Oh, no, yeah. no. So, no. Uh, and if she doesn't, then we'll send you the coffee and you can have her around for an iced coffee if you don't drink. Beautiful. And you t- And you can do it that way. So- Beautiful. Uh, Megan, tell us when the podcast comes out. Tell us what's going on and tell us uh, your socials, et cetera. So the podcast comes out every Thursday. Naomi and I watch a new movie every week and then break it down and interview either the writer of the film, someone who was in the film. Uh, They have have, writers for those films? I didn't realize that. They do. Sometimes there's multiple. Um, And they're usually really funny, cool people that just are like, I wanted to write a thriller about a baby killing people or whatever. (laughs) Um, So they have wild, fun imagination. So it comes out every Friday. It's called I Love a Lifetime Movie. And then I am on... Twitter as Megan Gailey and Instagram as better Megan Gailey because there was a Megan Gailey and I had to send her a message. There we did go. She, did she you get it? You are the better one. Well, she got yeah, it. She gave Megan's it up. the better Megan Gailey. She gave Gailey. it up. Uh, and what about stand-up shows? Are you doing those over the summer or in I the fall? Am. I am. I getting back to that? You're going to love this. I'm going to be in Aspen in August doing stand-up. Oh, wow. dream. My What's dream. What's the date? Let me see. If you don't know, it, people can look it up on your Instagram or on your Twitter. It is the 25th, August 25th. I'll be Wonderful. in the Aspen area. Nice. And then yeah, I, wrote, I wrote for a new HBO show that's out called Pause with Sam J. And that's out on Fridays if Fabulous. people want to watch it. Terrific. We're, we love it. We're proud of it. So, and then yeah. we need everybody to always keep an eye out on the late night shows for you because you're always yes. popping up on the late night shows. Yes, I would love she's that. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Um, we adore you. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. 
Megan, actually, before you go, um, uh-huh. I, how are you able to work with someone just so oh, depleted oh, of yeah. goodness and morality? Yeah. I mean, so, Naomi like Paragon, she's just a really, she's just a really bad person. <laughs> what I will say is, I, I think Naomi does try and bring her best to it. I will say the real bitch of the situation is her dog, Mabel. Oh, Mabel's God. tough. Mabel Mabel's is tough. No, Mabel- we're not saying bad things about Mabel. She just had a very, <laughs> She's a tough very intense She's a tough cookie. Mabel skin. is constantly barking. Yep. Constantly yep. going, I gotta go pee. Yep. I gotta go to the doctor. And it's like, listen, lady, we are trying to make money yep. for you to be able to have all this shit. Exactly. Mabel, shut yeah. up. Yep. I hear you. I mean, personally, I love Naomi. And I've yeah, had don't ever, such a blast with you her. You don't know what she did to me. And there's Oof. been a few times where Brian has been sort of very last minute, not able to be part of the carriage house, <laughs> where Naomi has so graciously stepped in. And she and I have so much fun together, I have to mm-hmm. say. it. She's the yeah. best on a good day. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's the worst on, on most days. On a okay. bad day, you don't even want to see. Yeah, yeah. She's just a real you don't even want to see person. Mm. A, a lifetime, lifetime movie. Wanted a lifetime sure. movie. A lifetime is movie. what she is. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for being here, dear. Thank you. All right, um, Brent, you've got to read this cliffhanger, then uh, I've got to go. Because I can't, uh, yeah, you know. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Okay, here. I'm we, too, I feel today's lead has affected me for some reason. I understand, Rana. I yeah. Understand. yeah. Okay, cliffhanger. Dear Rana, Brian, capital Y, an esteemed guest. Goodbye to the lovely Megan Gailey. Thank you for your wonderful podcast, which has helped me through the pandemic. I always listen to the advice you give others and have found myself in an upsetting place. I would love to hear your thoughts. My husband and I both come from divorced homes. It was probably Hmm. something that brought us closer together while we were dating, but we are now experiencing double divorces because we have to deal with both sides. Okay. No divorce is good, but I would say that my parents' divorce was one of the worst I've ever seen. Lots of fighting in court, screaming and arguing, the cops showing up at our house numerous times. Mind you, I grew up in a wealthy suburban town on the East Coast. It all kind of dissipated when my father got remarried and had another child, but it's recently resurfaced. My husband's family had a more civil divorce than my family did. It wasn't pleasant, but his parents are more respectful of each other. They can be in the same room together and be cordial. The big issue resulting from the divorce is constant competition. If my husband does something with his father, he'll have to do it with his mother or vice versa. And not by his just exhausting. Are we children or are we adults? Truly. Overall, each parent has shtick related to the divorce in some way, and each shtick is a large burden on both of our shoulders. This one doesn't want to see that one. This one wants a step-parent involved. That one doesn't. The list goes on and on. I give you the background to explain our current situation. Almost a year ago, we had a beautiful baby boy. We didn't have a bris because he was born at the height of the pandemic. Don't worry, Rana. He snipped, which we were sad about, but also incredibly happy to avoid gathering the families together. Our son has spent, hasn't spent much time with anyone besides us because of the pandemic, but we have so much fun being together, just the three of us. Oh, that's nice. We were very fortunate recently that we were able to get vaccinated, as has our as have our entire immediate families. Well, this is wonderful, and we are happy that everyone is healthy. I have to admit that part of the reason the past year has been so great is because it's mostly been divorce drama free because we haven't seen anyone. And now we've reached out. Now we've reached our son's first birthday, and it's turned into a nightmare. 
At first, we didn't want to have a party because of the pandemic, but then thought we could do something smallish outside since everyone's vaccinated. We even offered to have two separate parties to keep the divorcees away from each other, but that was not well received. In the end, we've decided to spend the day with just the three of us to make things easier for ourselves. I know my son won't remember his first birthday, but it breaks my heart not to throw him a party, especially since he also didn't have a bris. Mm. He's an incredibly smiley and happy baby, and I know he would be so happy with a party. My question to you is, do you have any advice as to how to deal with divorced grandparents going forward? The planning and aftermath of our wedding were fraught with so much pain from fighting related to divorce issues. I don't want to go through that again, but more importantly, I don't want my son to have to go through it or be affected by it either. There's a lot of extra love for him, but there's also a lot of hate and anger amongst our parents. How do we deal with not just birthday parties, but sports games, school plays, holidays, etc.? I try to host as many holidays as I can so we don't have to run around seeing everyone separately and combine my in-laws with my parents and keep the divorcees separate, but it's not always feasible. I know that being born to our family means my son can't completely escape the reality of it, but I don't want him to grow up surrounded by all of this animosity. Unfortunately, moving far away is not an option, and telling grandparents to grow up or move on is not working. Kiss, kiss, distraught mom. P.S. Please don't use my name. Now this is outrageous. P.P.S. Do we get notified if our question is answered <gasps> on the show? Oh, yes. You've just been notified that you shouldn't this tune into Patreon this Friday. Don't tune into Patreon this Friday. If you want an answer to your question, this. you have to listen to all of the shows. Hi, can you just do me a favor so I know, like, I'm in and out on your podcast? Right, I just, I just need to, to fast forward to, like, the right point. Oh. Unbelievable. Well, Disgusting. we are going to answer this shockingly, even though that yeah. PPS was one of the one of the most outrageous. What things a I've ever slap heard. in the face! Slap in the face! Yeah, to this gorgeous podcast. In the meantime, Negrana.com for the summer's hottest drink. Negranacoffee.com. So That's right. Uh, for the summer's coldest coffee, it's true. Yeah. Certainly, the summer's most delicious coffee. Most delicious. Um and. Yeah, that's it. We'll see you on Patreon on Friday and have a fabulous, fabulous have rest of your week, dear. Have a wonderful week, Ron. I love that Megan Gayla. She's something She's special. She's so fun. Yeah. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.